In this episode, I chat with Jane Healy, a Washington Post and Amazon Charts bestselling author. We discuss her latest novel, Good Night from Paris, which Amy K. Runyon, author of The School for German Brides and Best of Women's Fiction podcast alum, describes as a portrait of courage, not of the men who lifted guns to rid their nations of tyranny, but of the women who fought via the airwaves to get the support of the United States for the cause. This deft rendering of Drew Layton's valiant efforts to report the atrocities of war to the American public deserves a place on the shelf of any lover of World War II fiction not to be missed. Jane, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on the Best of Women's Fiction podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Ashley. I've been a fan of your work since first hearing about you when the Beantown Girls took off and became a Washington Post and Amazon Charts bestseller. Since then, your books have become must-reads for me. In case we have listeners who haven't yet read your latest novel, will you share your synopsis of Good Night from Paris? Yes, Good Night from Paris is a little bit of a departure for me because it's still World War II. I wasn't really planning on writing another World War II novel, but the pr- protagonist is a real person in history. Her name was Drew Layton, and she was a Hollywood actress in the 1930s. And she left Hollywood behind to marry the love of her life, Jacques Tartier, and she moved to Paris in 1939. They were living in Paris in 1939, just when the war was heating up in Europe, and Jacques went off to war. And she had many opportunities to leave, but she decided to stay. And this is about her life in occupied France as an American expatriate and and the wild things that she got involved in. She was one of the first Voices of America broadcasting to to an American audience what was happening in Europe. She was part of the underground network rescuing Allied Flyers. She was imprisoned in a zoo, which was how I first heard about her. So she just her, her story was so wild. I wasn't going to do another World War II, but the more I dug into her story, I'm like, I I have to pitch this. I have to try. As you mentioned, this novel was inspired by a true story, a real woman. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you first heard about her story? What made you think specifically, this is the story I want to tell? Yeah. When I was researching my last novel, Secret Stealers, which also is a World War II novel based on the women of the OSS, the precursor to the CIA. And I came across this story that I had never heard of. And it was after Pearl Harbor in around September of 42, the Germans went around France in Paris and the surrounding towns and villages and rounded up all the American women they could find. And they arrested them and put them on buses and imprisoned them in a zoo just outside of Paris in the monkey house. And their friends and family had to pay five francs to go in and like yell at them over the fence. And then most of those women, those who were did not have children or, or were over 65, were let, released. But the rest of the women were sent to another camp in the mountains of France. And that was the first time I had heard of Drew. Her name came up and that story came up with a couple of sources. And I was like, someone has definitely written a novel about this because it's so wild. And I just couldn't find any, any fiction about her or about the, the story of the zoo. And that's what inspired me to write it. Fascinating. I can see how... 
imprisoning women in a zoo, in a monkey house specifically, would yeah. <laughs> intrigue someone to write a story. Right? And it had all these elements of comedy and tragedy. Because one minute the women would all be joking about like the smell of monkey pee, and then the next minute they'd be crying. And then the next minute they're trying to cheer each other up again and trying to torment the German officers. It was really wild. Personally, my favorite part of the writing process is research. And I love hearing about how authors go about it. You've published four historical novels now. So you have quite a bit of research under your belt. What is your research process? Did you have any favorite sources for Good Night from Paris? Yeah, this one was tricky because with this story, I had to find those about this woman who was like somewhat famous, like a C-list actress, not super famous. I found her autobiography is actually, you can find it anywhere online, but the print version is out of print. And I found, I had to pay a hundred euros um on ebay to get it from a guy in the uk um, that was invaluable because that was in her voice she had a ghostwriter, but it was in her voice and that was really gave me a good roadmap, like kind of how to outline the narrative arc but then i also at the holocaust museum in dc they have a number of her letters from her during the war are digitized and archived and those were amazing too because it really gave me a sense of her voice which is so important and, and her personality and what was important to her and what was not important to her. And some of the people, it was, one thing that didn't make it in the book that I was talking to my husband about last night is some of the people she ran in the same circles with in Paris were fascinating. She was quite close with Wallace Simpson, which I thought that was amazing. So just those kind of little tidbits. And then we have to kind of do the step back and think about other sources, what was happening in Paris during occupation, the political context of what was going on, all of those things, what it was like for Parisians, what it was like for people in the villages and surrounding towns and that kind of thing. I, I could still be researching this book, frankly. You have to like draw the line at some point or you'll never write the book. So. <laughs> I am absolutely the person who would just stay in the research phase forever and never actually write a book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that you shared the tidbit that doesn't make it into the book. That's one of my favorite questions to ask. Fun little nugget didn't get to make it into the book, but that is still living in your mind a bit. Yeah. And we've grappled with that because Wallace Simpson was actually a character in the novel. And then I, I had her in a couple scenes. And the thing about someone who's such a huge historical figure, though, I think it would have thrown readers off course thinking something else was going to happen with her when, when really there wasn't. So it was kind of like, all right, Wallace has got to go. But she's such a fascinating character in history anyway. We were watching the King's speech this week and I was like, yeah, love I that. I think she would overshadow Drew's already fascinating story too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Taking a step back for a moment, I'm curious about your journey to becoming an author. With all the authors I've interviewed, I found the journey is rarely a direct one. What was yours like? Yeah, definitely not direct, right? I think that I'd always I wanted to write novels, but you go to high school and you go to college and I didn't know anyone who like just wrote novels for a living. Like I didn't know any authors and I'd seen a couple speak. That was about it. And I wanted to live, move out of my parents' house and pay rent. So I ended up in high tech for a while. And then my daughters were born and I started doing more freelance work, uh, a lot of freelance writing for tech companies, things like that. And that was when it was kind of like, all right, if you're ever going to do this fiction thing, you might have to actually write fiction. I always say to young writers, you have to be bad before you can be good. There are certainly some people that are just geniuses and right out of the gate, they're just brilliant at this. But most people, there's a learning curve, right? And you have to learn the craft and take the workshops and get the critique groups and 
and do all the things to learn how to do that. I wrote the Saturday Evening Girls Club. I wrote on a very part-time basis. That was my first novel. When my girls were little, it was based on an article I wrote for Boston Magazine. It was about this woman in, in Boston's North End at the turn of the 20th century. They were Italian and Jewish girls. And when I learned about them, I was said to my husband, I think this is my novel. I think this is my first try. And how hard can it be? And like, <laughs> famous last words, because it took like a decade. <laughs> and many, many rejections. I, I stopped counting first time I tried to get it out at like 63 or something. Like I said, there's a learning curve with all of this. And it, that finally came out in 2017. I love that your first thought was how hard could this be? I do think it takes a bit of like naivety to oh, even yeah. start writing a novel. I, I know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you sort of already touched on this, but I want to ask it more directly in case there's anything else you want to add. But drawing from your personal experience and the path that led you to where you are now, what piece of advice do you think is most important for writers? I think that. Publishing is persistence. I think that's one thing that is very true. The authors that I really admire and look up to in terms of their careers kept going, right? They kept knocking on doors, they kept pushing, and they keep producing. I think that persistence is what separates unpublished authors to published authors. It's the ones that if you stop knocking at the doors, you won't have the opportunities. But it's a brutal industry. It's very, very hard. It's getting harder all the time. I think that we're in kind of a weird time. There's some really interesting things happening with indie authors, which I think is awesome. I think like the the gatekeepers and, and the whole model of publishing is changing a little bit. And I think that's not a bad thing. But in any any way you do it, public persistence in writing and publishing and, and always learning. I never feel like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing now. I feel the opposite. Like I'm always reading books on crafts or watching webinars or listening to podcasts about how other writers do it. Like constantly trying to learn. I love Donald Mass has some great books for authors. Tiffany Martin. There's just some great resources out there. Jane Friedman, obviously, is a great resource. I am always fascinated to hear, especially from authors who've published multiple books, that they still don't feel like they know what they're doing. <laughs> and I thought book four, right? This was the hardest to write by far. Like it was so hard. Like I thought it was supposed to get easier. I guess no, not. No. <laughs> Our listeners are voracious readers and are always looking for new books, as are we, uh, to add to their TBR piles. So I'd love to hear about your reading world. What are you reading right now and what would you recommend? Oh, I'm just digging into Amy K. Runyon's A Paris Bakery. Hmm. She's an amazing person. She's an amazing author. I have a historical happy hour podcast where I interview historical fiction authors. Um, I'm not sure when this is airing, but she's coming on September 25th. So that one's great. And then Fiona Davis is coming on next month. I'm going to read The Spectacular. I'm looking forward to it. I love her work. Mm -hmm. I just recently read, because I heard about it on a podcast, and I, it's been out a couple of years now. It's called We Begin at the End by Christopher Whitaker. And it was an astonishing novel. It's like mystery crime story, part family story. It was some of the best writing I've read in a really long time. So I highly recommend that one too. Good to know. Fiona is another author that told me that writing books never gets easier. At some point in her next novel that she's like, I can't do this. I'm not a writer. I can't do this anymore. What am I even doing? Yeah. <laughs> of course, I want to share how people can find you. What is your website? Where do you hang out on social media? That's a good question. My website is janehealy.com. That's very easy. And you can sign up for my mailing list. You'll get invitations to podcasts because I do them as a live webinar that people can watch. And then I post it and edit it as a podcast. And I'm on Instagram and I 
just stepped my foot into the TikTok world, which is a little scary. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how this goes. But I, like I said, it's a weird time. And I, the more I read about TikTok and YouTube and the, and the way people are finding books, I might as well try. It takes effort, of course, but I'm pretty much wherever people are on social media. I have some sort of presence, but Facebook, I have a presence there, but I've really pulled away. That's probably the one that like I'm least on. Yeah. Everything I read too says TikTok is where people are finding their new books. And I dabbled in it for a few months and just kind of let it fizzle out. I need to get back on there. Yeah, Ashley, I'm like, am I going to be doing this for like two months and then just be like, forget it. Like, it might be me too. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Give it a whirl. Yeah. (laughs) Can you tell us anything about your next project? No, because I'm really superstitious about this. And I've like barely talked to my husband about it yet. (laughs) Yeah, but I do have a proposal the way my stuff works with my publisher, I have to send them like 30 pages and a synopsis. And that is pretty much done. I hate to say done because it still needs some editing. And I'm hoping to send that to my agent by the end of next week. So we'll see. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you wanted to talk about that we haven't yet covered? No, I think that's it. Thank you for doing this and for supporting women writers. It's so, so great. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh my gosh, of course. It is completely my pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to join us on this podcast and sharing your experience as a writer with our listeners. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Likewise. Thank you, Ashley. For links to the books mentioned in this episode, the author's social media, and more, visit bestofwomensfiction.com. You can also see the video version of this same episode. I'd love it if you'd follow me on Instagram at Ashley Hasty. You can also subscribe to the podcast right here. And if you enjoy it, please share with your friends.